Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We welcome you all to a Roll to Cast RPG podcast in the world of The Witcher RPG by Artelsorian Games. Starring Sean Fleurl as Aurelius Tarnair, Ellen Graham as Eva Perch, and Christopher Bond as Briok. Story, GMing, and additional rules by Phil Harker-Smith. Designed by Jack Sumner. Music by Max Garcia Underwood. This is The Blood-Soaked Rose. One and all, and welcome back to Roll to Cast from Baby Beard Media. This is our tabletop role playing podcast where we play a different game every season with original music, original stories, and a rotating storyteller who is going to be me this time. Congratulations. Who is going to be you? Who is going to be me? Me, I'm going to be me. I will be the (laughs) GM this time around. And who Uh, are you? I am Phil. (gasps) Phil. And I'm joined by... I'm Ellen. I am Sean. And my name is Chris. Fantastic. Thanks for being here, everybody. The game's back together yeah we sure are we never really left but no well we have but for, for you it's only been one singular week yes oh. or yes. you're joining us for the first time yes, also true. exactly and so welcome hey so we've, thanks for joining us we hope never you enjoy the left. ride yeah. yeah whether you're a veteran or this is your first time we're happy to have you it does not matter to us and if you want to support the podcast if you want to help us make more of this we do have a patreon that is patreon.com forward slash baby beard we have tiers with different rewards you can get on our discord you can join our monthly uh, live game and chat lots of good things there as well and that helps us make more of this lovely stuff yeah so this is season 
six. Six. And you are in session zero where we'll have a little bit of talk about the game we're going to play, the world it's in, and the characters that uh, my three lovely colleagues have prepared to dive into my little story. When we prepared earlier. Mm. Yes, uh, I hope so. (laughs) And just remember, a reminder for everyone to preset your ovens for your character creations. Yes, that's right. Follow along at home. Yes. Make your own own witches. What a harrowing experience that would be. (laughs) And at the end, we'll give you a little bit of a sneak peek of uh, what's going to happen in the season, where it's set, what's going on. So, without further ado, we can talk about what it is we're actually playing this season. Oh Oh my goodness. We are playing The Witcher. There it is. So, obligatory Witcher, I hardly know her. Yes. Yes. Get them all out of the way right now, please. No more. You already probably knew that, dear listener, because uh, that's probably what we advertise this as. Yeah, yeah. that's right. You probably read that before you prepped play. But for us, it's been a, this is the first time we've kind of said it out loud to to an audience. So, yeah. yeah. So The Witcher is the tabletop RPG by Pondsmith and Pondsmith um, and published by friends of the show, Artasaurian Games. Aww. Yeah. They're such yeah. good eggs. Three-time champions of this podcast Thrice now. Thrice champions yes. in the baby beard the- media gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I've, I've been the one to run all three of their games. Um, yeah. So that's Cyberpunk 2020, Cyberpunk Red, and now The Witcher, uh, which is obviously based on... Oh, the books. Bye. <laughs> Andrew, sup- <laughs> I hate you, Phil. Sapkowski. No, it's P, isn't it? Yeah, Sapkowski. Sapkowski. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah, I couldn't hear the K. Yeah. Yay, well yeah. done, Sean. Very well done, Sean. As the, as the German that I am, I'm adjacent. <laughs> yeah, you got some, you got some, you're closest from the rest of us Australians. Am I? Am I closer than Phil? To yeah. what? As a German Poland? heritage, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah that's sorry, true. I'm talking yeah. about geographically. geographically. Oh. oh, yeah. I was like, well, how we're about far? about foot away. So. Yeah. How, far is, how far is Italy? <laughs> Too far. It's in tomato Europe. Uh, and you may, you may have heard of a, a, a certain witcher, a little Geraldo de Riviera, perhaps. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. And, uh, I get his name constantly <laughs> lo- wrong, I've realised. As the person who is the least kind of knowledgeable about the world, I've called him Geralt, Geralt, <laughs> Geralt, and Gerald. Gerard Way. It's Geralt. <laughs> Geralt. Geralt of but, Rivia. But Jar- Rivia. Geralt is, I think, in the video games. So oh, someone, hell yes. someone does mispronounce his yeah, name. Yeah, but also they uh, gave, for the first one, they gave the uh, voice actors probably about a buck and a ham sandwich. So I wouldn't put too much stock in that. Oh, in the video games? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not, certainly not the first one for the voice acting. I reckon acting. that's where like people are probably... Would that be fair to say people are most, at least audiences today, would be most familiar with the video well, games? I would say If you're so, listening yeah. right now, you might be more familiar with the uh, Netflix the series, series. which is two, which has just come out, and so uh, we will not be diving. And Phil can talk more to this, but this is absolutely the sort of game that you don't need to know much about the series to enjoy and listen mm. along to. You don't need to be a Witcher aficionado. No, you don't no. need to know super stacks about the lore. We certainly, mm. not all of us do. Some yeah. of us have a lot more than others. I certainly don't. <laughs> but this is super accessible. So if you're new to TTRPGs or you're new to The Witcher. Uh, this is absolutely the podcast for you. But also, if you're a big fan of the show, there's going to be lots of nods. It will be yes. totally in keeping with the lore. Fits the- into the continuity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're yeah. not gonna we're not gonna be super um, unreliable in terms of keeping it authentic. But it's know- also very yeah. accessible. I don't know yeah. about you guys, but I've been like definitely drawing my research from all three, so from the book, from the games, and from the Netflix series. That's why I'm so jacked right now. Yeah, the, the book <laughs> kind of talks about the same thing. Like they yeah. took. Inspiration- Inspirations from the books, the video 
games, yeah. like every form of media they could because it's yeah. just so much to take from. And together we probably all weigh as much as Henry Cavill <laughs> in the series. <laughs> Maybe. Pure uh, muscle, baby. <laughs> if you are unfamiliar, we'll be sort of covering a bit about the world and the law here. Not extensively, obviously. There's lots of resources for you to, to kind of dive a bit deeper, but we'll give you a kind of primer about uh, what witches are, what the world is, and, and how it all fits together. As a little Henry Cavill side note, um, mm. uh, I did notice uh, recently someone had proposed an opposite of uh, cleans up well uh, to be oh. grimes up good. Yes. Grimes, grimes up good. good. Yeah, he so, does indeed. <laughs> so when Henry Cavill is on the red carpet in a suit, he he looks like a wet biscuit, a handsome wet biscuit. But <laughs> Give him, give him, him <laughs> grease him up a little bit, and uh, yeah, he's like a shredded oh weight, but then it turns into a frosted flake. Oh, he know. certainly does. <laughs> he certainly does. Oh, he does. And if you want to see us dressed as frosted flakes, as a grimy, sexy people, you can go on our, t- uh, our Instagram. We do have lots of uh, fan photos and stuff like that where yeah. we cosplay as characters from our, our series. That's yeah. true. Yeah, and we look pretty. I gotta say, grimy, grimy, grimy. I was gonna say good. Oh. <laughs> yeah, grimy, good. Yeah, we, we, we grime up good. Grimy is grime good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the setting before we talk about the system because I think that's a more interesting, more accessible place to uh, to attack it from. So who wants to tell me a little about the the setting of The Witcher, what kind of genre and where it kind of sits? I'll tell you about the, the, the genre. Yeah, yeah. So The Witcher sits pretty firmly in uh, low fantasy. Mm-hmm. It is a grimy, gritty, uh, fairly dark place. Uh, where revelry is had and it's sought after, but it comes at a cost. Uh, people's people's experiences are pretty ignorant. It's often a fairly uh, nasty place where mm. prejudice runs wild. Lots of bigotry. Lots mm. of bigotry, lots of poverty, lots mm-hmm. of class differentiation and very little optimism. Uh, and it's a place where often or the calling card of the of the the series is negotiating the lesser of two evils yes uh it's It's a morally gray gray a morally gray place where surviving is sometimes the only option also full of superstition it is absolutely and and not only that also full of real monsters so you've got a nice balance between the two i was gonna say that that's like that that's like a theme nickelodeon nod um that's like That's a theme that's so prevalent for those that have watched the series. They literally say it about 10 times. The lesser evil. The mm. lesser evil. Like, they hammer home. like The it's greater such a, good. The greater good. <laughs> such a prevalent theme in The Witcher. Well, uh, you know, Geralt addresses that very specifically in one of the games where he says, you know, there are no degrees of evil. Evil's evil. Um, and he sort good. of... he lesser. He, he yeah. and the witches are sort of cut through some of that idea with their singular purpose so you can tell us a little bit about what a witcher is why it's the title of the game and the series this is a magic filled world where there are the idea is that this is a kind of uh, born from a conjoining of many worlds and as a result all different things have kind of spilled through some things that we are familiar with like humans were brought to the world that was full of elves and dwarves and all sorts of different races Uh, but so did a whole bunch of monsters and witchers are called that because they are different from witches which are bad bad people don't like witches because they are sought to do magic but it is the idea of you need magic to fight magic sometimes so witches are a an engineered race of monster hunters by using monster 
blood and um, other kind of chemicals in order to make them supernaturally strong, agile, fast, and they are quite uh, long-livered. But they also are not... That might sound pretty cool, but however, witches are also feared a lot and despised by society, even though they are a product of that society. So yeah. it's, a, it's a bit of a time and, and the Witcher books do, um, the main character is a Witcher, Geralt of Rivia, a wolf Witcher, who is, uh, he's, got a, he's got a very interesting life and trying to... And love life. He does have mm. a very interesting love life. Ooh, He's boy. a ladies' witcher. Ooh. <laughs> so, yeah, they're this dedicated order of, mm. of monster hunters who are, are both highly kind of adapted with their with their mutations, but also very dedicated in their training as well. Yes. Um, both in terms of knowledge of monsters um, and in the techniques that they train in to fight them. Mm. Um, and and they're very necessary, but uh, they're dying dying out. They they did their job too well. Uh, they, yes. they, they killed. They ran themselves redundant. out of business. <laughs> they killed too many monsters, um, and and so the witches have sort of fallen out of favor, and and they're few and far between. But mm. now the monsters are coming back. A slack witcher would be an amazing story that deliberately. Tries to not be good at their job, but so to maintain their job. Yeah, I don't want to kill too many of <laughs> yeah. the monsters. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's like um, fishing. You know, you gotta. Oh, this this griffin is pregnant. We'll release her back into the wild. <laughs> as the prevalent fisher that I am. Yeah, <laughs> you I know, understand Sean. that. <laughs> so they're like a highly prized, highly feared. Yes. Um, response to a problem. Yes. And that problem yes. is slowly disappearing. Yeah. Uh, or slowly returning. Returning, yeah. yes. Yeah. Did, did disappear and is now on the back, now back on the rise because the more, the less they kind of, they went after witches as well. Yes. And then when the witches went away, the monsters came back and they're like, well, shit, I guess we need the witches again There's now. There's also a big yeah. plot point in, in the books, in the first game where Caremorn, which is one of the main fortresses of one of the witcher schools, uh, is sacked and as such they have lost a lot of the ways to make witches. It's a very specific alchemical kind of process that, you know, is very prized and it's very secretive amongst the mages of the witches and without that resource it's obviously very hard to then make more engineer more yeah. witches. And yeah. making witches is quite a traumatic experience. Yes, a lot of witches do- well, a lot of obviously they, they didn't make it to become witches, but a lot of children die in the Straight process. Up. Yeah. So they're children who die. Witches are, are kind of yeah. trained from birth. Yeah, they it's get a very it's almost like a you know a ninja, you know, trained from birth. Yeah, they to, either get to be the ultimate bought or sold by their parents or, you know. Law of surprise sometimes. Yep. Yeah, sometimes yeah. witches use a, a way of, uh, it's, a, it's a bargaining chip of if you can't pay me, give me the first thing that kind of you see when you get home and sometimes that can be an, uh, an unexpected pregnancy. Yeah, so, yes. ha-ha, now I have a witcher for the school. So they have ways of kind of bolster their ranks, but it's generally taking children and, and it's a very grueling process um, of not just the mutations which comes much later on in the process but the first part is just the training alone they have to be good with swords they have to be able to survive in the elements there's a lot of very brutal rigorous trainings that wipes out a lot of the trainees before they even get to the process by altering their body with mutagens which then wipes out even more so of the witches that we know in the world there are a lot of ones that didn't even make it that far. Hmm. So the ones that we have are elite. They're the best of the yeah, best. Best of the best of the best. Yeah. yeah. Or just lucky that they survived 
that, the, the whole process. But as you mentioned, you know, it's uh, it's the mages and uh, through through a magic and alchemical process that make them because this is a world of magic as well. And it has a very uh, unique take on magic, uh, which is really interesting. Uh, and uh, Sean, you've, you've had to study a little bit of magic to make your character. Just you a touch. Talk to us a little bit about how magic works in this world. Yeah, I mean, like following the lore of the Witcher, as uh, Ellen kind of alluded to earlier, there's a thing called the conjunction of the spheres, which mm-hmm. is basically the goddamn slamming of dimensions into one another. Um, the <laughs> continent, which is a, a, a slice of this world that we kind of set the Witcher in, had a lot of their elder races. They had gnomes, they had dwarves, and they eventually had elves. And then through the conjunction, humans came on board. Um, and kind of with the conjunction as well, not only do you have humans, not only do you have monsters, you have chaos or magic that was bred through there. Um, and through that, they found that even though only specific people find themselves adept at being able to use magic, people that found themselves more kind of able and successful at utilizing it was human beings. Yes. Um, And humans just found that they were more readily able to access it and also readily able to abuse it. Mm. Um, So it was, it was in that sense that they, first of all, they drove the elves away from the continent, basically pushed them off to the East. That's where we talk about the whole, racist um angle that does come into the witcher a lot mm. um but when humans started setting up their their kingdoms they start setting up mages um they start setting up a society wherein they can protect themselves and their own um and also in coming to do that they needed a way to drive away the monsters and so the initial idea with them was okay literally hey mages go create things that can just sling magic do your best and it Failed mostly miserably to begin with. I mean, it ended up being like, because witches, um, yeah. which you'll find, they can use magic, but not very well. Yeah, or they, to an extremely limited They point. have very basic magic, which yeah. is kind of through the use of signs. Whereas, yeah. you know, they have like a, a kind of stunning, they have a kind of, uh, uh, not coercion, um, but can be used to calm things. They've got very, yeah, basic yeah. elemental kind of magic yeah. that and a mage would scoff at. And whether you are a witch using signs or a mage uh, utilizing the elemental forces, it's a very dangerous thing to utilize is, as a yes. point. It's not only is there a give and take to magic, but you're, you are harming yourself to use magic. It's still not a natural thing to do. So there is a cost to it, which you won't necessarily find in, say, something like D&D to an extent. Like, this is a world where, sure, these people can use magic and they're very dangerous and they're very powerful, but to an extent. And the book reflects it in a sense of you can only use it so much before it starts coming at a really dire cost to yourself. Yeah. When you mean the book, you mean the TTRPG? The TTRPG book, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you mages literally use their bodies as a conduit for the, for the chaos, as yeah. you mentioned, the elemental chaos. And so if they overdo it, it literally burns them from the inside out. It's highly dangerous. And then the elemental forces can also slip out of their control and create all these extra effects that they didn't intend. Mm-hmm. And so this is a reason, similarly to the witches, we have these mage schools because an untrained mage is a highly dangerous thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Both to themselves and to other people. And yeah. to people around them. And yeah. there, are, there are so many people within the continent as well who simply don't trust magic or mages in general. Mages can also be kind of persecuted and run out. That's why we have something like the Mage Hunters, for example, mm-hmm. which uh, it's a collective of people through Nilfgaard, which we'll talk about um, probably at some point in this episode, where 
It's if you do not register yourself as a mage, this group who's generally made up of mercenaries and assassins and people who just have a less than favorable viewpoint on mages will basically come and collect you first. Yes. Some of that negativity is due to mages have been doing a lot of wheeling and dealing in mm. uh, in the world of the Witcher in that they are very high political players mm. and uh, very, very important in the chessboard of kind of, you said that they protect their own, but in doing that, they have kind of enmeshed themselves in society as very, very powerful political tools. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought. I'm glad you brought that up because I think the last kind of element to cover in the world of The Witcher is the grand political game mm. of The Witcher. The kind of the the backdrop uh, to the struggles of of uh, the individuals that we might follow in any given story um, because we have. There's endless war almost, um, several wars between the northern kingdoms and, as you said, Nilfgaard in the south. So while, you know, the witches that we follow are having their own personal battles against the monsters that threaten people, there are grand games and, and huge wars at play as well. And these generally take place between the disparate kingdoms of the north and the great homogenous empire of Nilfgaard in the south. Mm. And this isn't a case of good guys and bad guys. The Nilfgaards in in the south, they may be more um, tolerant or even inclusive of the uh, elves and dwarves, but they also keep slaves and they have a history of uh, kind of brutal conquest over the lands that they've consolidated. Um, uh, you, you, Chris, you've described them as as kind of a, sort of a medieval Rome. Rome. Yeah, they're a, they're a Roman-esque uh, example of a kingdom, um, uh, whereas the north is very similar to, I guess, what you would call post Rome's Holy Roman Empire hmm. or, or medieval or Europe, medieval yeah. Europe a, a disparate group of kingdoms and, and counties uh, with local powerhouses uh, looking after their own and uh, having a kind of a feudalistic system. Yeah, you have like all these kind of in the north small wars over land. Yeah, land and quite often. Yeah, quite often contested titles. Yeah. But then that versus the war against the north versus Nilfgaard is just like a whole different kettle of fish where it's, you know, a whole empire is now coming to get that whole swath of land of like all the Northern Kingdoms. It's also probably my favourite aspect of the Witcher lore and the Witcher story, which is basically, I remember when I, my first uh, foray into the Witcher was the the TV series. Yeah. And it at the very beginning, I go, okay, cool. Nilfgaard, bad, North, good. And that was like the initial impression that I got. And the more you go into it, the more I started diving into the books i love this idea of no 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 everyone's pretty shit yeah and that's kind of the point like you can look at the north and they give off this thing of well we're not nilfgaard but also we kicked out an entire bunch of races so it's kind of uh what we did is now happening to us so there's yes. no one kind of comes out clean yeah which i love it, uh, that's the thing i like most about the witcher is that it is very you know yeah it's grim dark but it is in the way that life is so often where no one really comes out clean in the wash and empires do not run on niceties you know no one's ever like gained land by doing good things and this idea of this world where it's full of bad people doing bad things good people doing bad things you know this it's it's very complex and delicious to kind of just delve into yeah i think that's a good point to sort of bring it bring it back down to the game and the individual stories 
Um, and the stories you want to tell in this game are, are just like the, the grander scheme of things. They're stories where not things are not as they seem, things are hidden, the decisions the characters have to make are morally grey and difficult, and you have to kind of challenge their principles and their morals as they go uh, through the game, um, which I think is just a really lovely, juicy thing for a storyteller. Um, so I'm really excited by... Um, the opportunity to do that and, and and place you guys in this in this world uh, after having done kids on bikes, yeah. which yeah. is a little bit lighter, it's a little bit bouncier, yeah. it's a bit more <laughs> cinematic. This is is got a, a real grit to it, and mm. I'm really really looking forward to doing that. We 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 will make choices, and we won't know if they're the right ones. Yes. Yeah. Uh, now the game itself uh, it works on a very similar system to Cyberpunk uh, 2020 and Cyberpunk Red, uh, which is a D10 system called the Interlock system. Uh, and I, we're, we're not going to kind of uh, pull it apart for you right now, but I think it's worth mentioning um, that this shares a lot of DNA with uh, with Cyberpunk 2020, and that it's a quite it's a very lethal system um, that p- emphasizes a lot kind of bodily damage and uh, moments of of kind of terrible carnage <laughs> that feel, can happen. I feel like fans of uh, going mainstream are like Ralph sitting <laughs> on the bus right now of like. I'm in danger. <laughs> we, we found that out very quickly when we tested out this system. Oh we tested God. out some combat and it got very dicey very quick. It in one very- round, it can go from pretty okay to, oh my God. <laughs> and and yeah. I think what, what highlights that in this system is that the attacker and the defender roll to attack and defend, which means that uh, when you're a defending character, there is a chance that if you, if you fail to do it well, things might go really, really bad for mm. you. Uh, really striking the heart that... Uh, if you're not prepared, if you're not ready, if you're not able to defend yourself, uh, you'll quickly become a victim of of brutality and mm. violence inflicted yep. on you. Um, it isn't just about heroes succeeding. It's also about um, people failing to defend themselves. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the thing you said about Witcher, right, Chris? It's like you've got to put in the work. There's reasons that a lot of the the witches in specific, like, but also mages and anyone in this world, you need to prepare yourself you need to have the right things and if not well then you're just a roll of the dice away from getting your ass handed to you in sorry the, the witcher the witcher world is not an easy life for pretty much anyone no for, like yeah. no. It's, you have to you struggle and if you have to backstab if you have to like you you do what you have to do to literally survive yeah, yeah. if famously in the books Garrett of rivia the the hero of the the series falls wayward towards a a, a farmer with a uh, a pogrom yeah yeah a, exactly a, a pitchfork yeah uh he's he's put out by it yeah. showing that even the the most highly trained from birth characters if they're not prepared if they are uh, ill prepared or, or they get unlucky they yeah. can they can be at the pointy end of uh, some trouble of a pitchfork yeah, yeah. of a pitchfork. It exactly. only needs to happen once, once. Yeah. and yeah. that really drives home this idea that not everyone will will maybe make it out alive. Mm. Life in The Witcher is short, brutal, and cheap. Yeah. But you know, don't stop yourself from having a fan favorite. Everybody, yeah. I'm, yeah, sure, I'm sure it's going to be a okay for and, all of yeah. our characters. And it, and it really is. Uh, <laughs> the moments of revelry are sought out. Uh, yes. People, yes. Are, it's not a miserable world where people are sad. Uh, they they hold their, their bigoted opinions because that's the safest thing to do. Mm. And they celebrate uh, with alcohol, with fun, with sex, with, with others. Exactly. <laughs> with, uh, with, they, music, with music. With music. With art. And uh, they, yep. they celebrate a lot. Uh, yep. And they, because they are aware that the wrong step could be 
the last. Okay, well, let's talk about the people we're going to be bringing into this world and this uh, story. Let's start with... A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian-developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Our witcher. Hello. Let's talk <laughs> to Ellen. I'm a witcher. Let me put you in the picture. Sorry, anyone? <laughs> You've made a witcher rap. That's going to be the intro. No, it's from the Mighty Boosh. I know it is. I yeah. stole a witcher rap yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it is mine now. Uh, yes, I am playing a witcher. Um, someone had to do it. And uh, <laughs> she's a. I've made a very interesting character. Her name is Eve, um, which huh? right oh. from... Yes, I I will tell you, audience. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, um, because in the universe of The Witcher, most, if not all, witches are male. Now, people have read on, and I'm sure it's not spoilers for anything, but we know that there are some female witches, and even not pure-blood human witches. There are a few different schools of there are a few different witcher schools that train in different ways that have different values. And so while most of us know Geralt of Rivia, who is a wolf witcher, um, they hold the principality of neutrality very seriously. That's why Geralt's or his whole thing is trying not to get into any trouble and which always does get him Falling into trouble. Face first it's into very it. funny. Um, <laughs> but there is a school of witcher called the cat school, which is not really picky about who they train. So they have been known to train female witches or witches that are not of pure human stock. Um, so Eve of Hirch is around 70 years old. She was taken from a very small village called Lawmark, uh, which is kind of Kedwin or Adern, depending on who's winning the yep, war yeah. at any given that time. It's always border, a claim, yeah. Who claims it at the time? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's always been contested land. And so in comes the Din Marv caravan, which is the school of the cat. Eve gets taken away and trained as a witcher. And um, despite her gender, training works just the same. Um, if, you, if you don't fall off of a very big beam and fall to your death, then... Congrats, you're on your way to becoming a cat. Um, <laughs> wow. And she survived her mutagens, although it was a bit tough. Uh, the thing about cat witches as well is they were never picky, so they started experimenting with, you know, not just male boys, then girls or, you know, uh, they weren't picky about gender or race, but they also kind of rejected the idea of neutrality. So their thing was more about training Training witches, mainly using them for assassins, hired hitmen, that kind of stock. And they got more and more excited about experimenting with the mutagens that created witches. 
as a result, the first stock of cat witches had almost no empathy and were kind of a bit sociopath. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially when you've just come from all this horrific training that is very violent and brutal. Who mm-hmm. could, you know, who could blame them? There's a whole big revolt with the Dinmarv caravan. It's very interesting. I won't get into it, but there is a tendency with the cat witches because of their excessive mutagens to struggle with violence. And certainly Eve does. Violent thoughts, violent impulses. And she's had to try and kind of keep that in check. Um, She has a very low level of empathy and constantly struggles to fit in the world. As a result, you know, she's not young anymore. She's kind of young for a witcher, more in her 30s, I guess, since she's 70 years old. But as a result, she's kind of worked a bit, met some different allies and mentors and is trying to kind of be a bit more contemplative and as a result she's kind of become very stubborn in her morals and values and the one kind of guiding principle in her life is if she makes a promise she will keep it that's a very good summary that's that very might good, lend yeah. very well to then going on to sean's yes <laughs> yes nice nice throw there yeah that was a lot of information to yeah mine will, no, be, a, mine will be a lot <laughs> less than that um so my my character i play a mage a human mage by the name of aurelius tarnair what it, what it offers you to do when you're doing character creation is to roll for everything uh, obviously, you don't have to. You can choose where you want. But I thought I would create my character as to where the dice lay. Um, and similar to two seasons past, I will always take my uh, character. I will create the voice first. It's just <laughs> happened every single time without fail. And so I did so accordingly. And the character just wrapped itself around that. So most interestingly so for myself is I am from Nilfgaard, Aurelius is. Uh, so Aurelius actually was born in a place called Gamera. And Gamera sits very much in, in the south in Nilfgaard. It is a is a very hardy town. It's very, very rocky, very mountainous. And it, and it, it breeds a certain uh, warrior type of people. People who've had a hard life, revel in fighting, can look after themselves. So, and that—that's the reputation that they hold. That and making good potatoes, I found out. Oh, um, Gamera is known for both our potatoes Gr- and our warriors. Growing potatoes yeah. or making them? Uh, growing them. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a good place to find potatoes. Mm. Yeah, um, lovely. Good just, to know. It was good, it was great for me to know. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> and uh, the way that Aurelius is, um, uh, his age. So he's he's in his late forties. And so when he was a very young boy is when Nilfgaard was actually making, uh, extending their empire and they made their way through Gamera. They took a lot of uh, outside places before because they they recognized that Gamera is a tough place to overthrow. Mm. So they kind of bolstered their forces before making the move on Gamera. It was at this time that Aurelius, his parents... Uh, Myron and Chesna, they though they understand that fighting is something that they are good at and that they relish, they don't believe in fighting without a reason, without a cause, and they don't believe that Nilfgaard fits that criteria. So their idea was to run. And Aurelius himself, he found his parents, they had run away without him, presumably, and they had he found them died. He found them died. Found he them found died. them died. <laughs> Red or purple yeah. or blue or a lot of red, as it turns yeah. out, because he found them uh, for some way, shape, or form murdered. Murdered. Um, he was Murder. uh, by some sort of beast. Yes, uh, mm. at some way. So he was taken pity on by a Nilfgaardian soldier, um, and as he grew older, he found that it, while it may have been a beast that uh, murdered his people, his parents. 
Uh, there was an unregistered mage that was seen up there at the time. Mm, ah. On the so, route that they fled, yes. Yeah, so he found, he he decided that that was where he was going to dedicate his life. He studied in Nilfgaard to become a mage. Well, so he, he, would, he discovered, a, uh, he has magical aptitude, right? So he gets, he has to go to the, yeah, the so academy. In line with, he now has a reason to go there as well. Not only does he have an aptitude for it, he realizes that if he if he studies, he has like both the knowledge and the the skills the to power. be able to, mm. to pursue this person. And this person is Razine. Thank you. I named <laughs> I named her Razine the Red. Yeah, Razine the Red. Um, and so this this is a uh, unregistered mage which Nilfgaard, who Nilfgaard wants to bring back into the fold, that for a reason that he is unaware of at least had a part to play um, mm. in, the, in the murder of his um, parents. So, basically, he has spent the better part of three decades with a single track focus to find this mage. To it, it really doesn't matter to what end anymore. Like, over the years, it's kind of been muddled up. It's just this, it's just this, this person who's obsessed with the idea of he will say what he needs to say, do what he has to do, all in the service of finding Razine. Yeah, and he has, he has done some unspeakable things. We won't get into the details here because it might be a nice reveal during the narrative. Yeah, he's but done he's some done morally some, grey things. He's done mm. some pretty extreme things in his pursuit. Um, I will, a couple of other things I will chuck in is... Uh, 40 years old is pretty young from age. Like yes. witches, using magic extends your lifetime. Mm. Um, so, 40, he's still pretty babyish compared to a lot of other mages out there. Yeah. Um, uh, so, in a ways, he's immature. And the other thing was, uh, the you mentioned a promise a pro- mm. uh, as a link to your characters. What was that you were talking about? Do you want to feel this one, Ellen? Eve feels somehow that she was responsible for the deaths of... Uh, of Aurelius's parents, but whether she has not let him in on that no. knowledge, Sean yes. knows this. Aurelius doesn't. Yes, <laughs> so she has a, a private promise to herself. Yes, believing that they were they were killed by a a, a different force that she was responsible for slaying in that area. Mm-hmm. I think I'll just tiptoe around that. Yeah, yeah. 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 tiptoe around there. So Aurelius Aurelius himself is highly confident to a fault. He is he is manipulative. He is insanely confident in his own abilities. So um, a mage, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically a mage, um, and and someone that is he will, as I said, he will do, he will say, he will step on anyone mm. if it's in service of his goal, and he can justify it as such. That's all. That's Aurelius Tarnell. That's I think what what you need to know coming into this season. And Chris, you're playing. I'm playing Briok. Ryok, who is a elf merchant. Well, there's two interesting things already there. So <laughs> let's start with let's the first that. one. Uh, yeah, let's unpack that. Elf. Elf, yeah. So, so elves are a displaced people in their own home. They have had their lands taken away from them. And certain kingdoms like Nilfgaard are relatively positive towards elves, but still don't really give domain to elves as their own kind of like home, depending on where in the timeline you sit. In, in the Witcher, uh, but and then in the Northern Kingdoms, they are they're relatively despised. They're looked down upon. They're treated like second class citizens. They're treated like dirt. They operate they're ghettoized. In, yeah, been absolutely. Pogroms. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, there are groups called uh, well, there's a group called the Squirtel, uh, the, which, squirrels. the squirrels, the squirrels, and they're a, a sort of domestic terrorist group uh, that that looks to uh, help 
elves and and other oppressed people and take a power away from the humans and give it back to the the rightful owners of the land some might say according yes S- according to certain, whoever, who, certainly, I mean. certainly, <laughs> certainly the elves would and, yeah, it's not and, wrong uh, it's, it's not wrong um and uh yeah so brooks a merchant a, a traveling merchant uh, someone who brings supplies from one place to another sells trades wares prepares helps people on their way mm. a generally pretty positive person must be um risky uh, Abs- traveling as a, as an elf absolutely because uh, the the areas that will accept you t- versus the ones that will you know, kind of shoot on sight, uh, oscillate wildly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Briok is a, a relatively affable person, generally pretty positive to get along with. Mm. Uh, that's how he makes his trade. That's how he lives is uh, he, he manages to get on well enough with humans that he can trade with them. Generally. It's almost like a response to yeah. their attitudes is to, in, is, is to, to have them no- give them nothing to yeah, latch onto. That's right. Uh, it's a, a way of adapting to circumstance mm. is uh, through this trade. Hey, I can speak to people really well. I can make my way through this society just. Let's let's steer into that and become a kind of material broker. And having things that people need gives you- A bit of leverage. Yeah, leverage or just makes you good to have around- That's right. For the near future. Yes. And how, you, how do you uh, fight oppression? You make yourself indispensable. And you've sort of become a, a sort of quartermaster for the group. You've been traveling with them for a while and so- by attaching yourself to more powerful people and making sure they have what they need, you have some measure of protection yourself. Is that that's about pretty, right? That's pretty yeah. accurate. And that's pretty much Briok. Uh, yeah. There's a lot in the history that we won't get into, whether it comes up in game or not, is entirely up to Phil. But uh, there, there are little secrets and little, mm-hmm. little notes that we, mm-hmm. can, we can dive into. Needless to say, Briok's helped uh, Sean's character, the mage in the past. Aurelius. Aurelius has been aided by Briok and... Uh, Briok has given him information in the past in, in service of finding out, for example, a location. Yeah. And so it, it's a mutually beneficial relationship, I think, where you have the ability to provide him with information of where this mage will be. And in turn, I'll ride along with you. Yeah. And it's I, good to have a mage, isn't I, it? I get yeah. the company of a mage, which is pretty yes. fucking great. Yes. Um, but you also can source, you know, things like reagents and artifacts and alchemical materials, all that sort of stuff that, that make the life of a witcher and a mage that much easier. I make it comfy. Yeah. 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 Well. I, I think it's very interesting, right? We're, we're all strange bedfellows. It, it almost feels like one of those relationships where, like, you know, maybe years have gone by and you're like, huh. We're still traveling together. I guess that's just how it is now. Yeah. I guess we're, <laughs> it's, it's, guess we're it's, companions now. It's convenient, but it's also a measure of risk because here are three very hated people in different areas yes. of the world, um, very feared and... Um, you know, like we said with a lot of Witcher things, it swings both ways. You get yeah. unmeasurable power, but it can also be used against you. Mm, These yeah. are three odd fellows uh, who have been thrown together, not necessarily because they want to, but because circumstance demands it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A Witcher, and, a mage, and an elf. And it just seems bar. that they've just like kind of found a routine that works. So why yeah. mess with it? To give you a little bit of a look at the campaign coming up, you know, just a tiny little soupçon of what might be going down i'll give you 
the setting will be playing in a, in a, a, a quite famous location in the Witcher universe. It, it's the capital of Tamiria. That is a city called Vizima. We'll be playing in Vizima in a uh, slotting ourselves into the timeline just after the timeline of the second game, just before the third game, so that people in the know will know what that means and uh, it doesn't give anything too much away for, for those who are new. To I the world. That's the year of twelve seventy-two. Yes, if that yes. helps anyone. The beginning <laughs> of the third Nilfgaard War. Yes. is is where we're playing, and uh, the, what sets off what what brings our little merry band to Vizima or Grim Band, depending on the day, I guess, hmm. um, is that we have picked up word of uh, Razine the Red arriving at Vizima ahead of the Nilfgaardian army. And if the party can get there before the city is fully encircled by Nilfgaard, then perhaps at long last they may have her cornered. And that is where we begin the game, a backdrop of, of war and strife, but a personal mission of, uh, of vengeance in the heart of, of our characters. So it's the big and the small all together. And... I can tell you the name of the campaign, our little story. I, I don't even know this yet. No, so no one does. No one does. No. I haven't told anyone. The name is The Blood-Soaked Rose. Oh! oh I love it. Blood-Soaked oh, Rose. Mm. You should be very pleased with yourself. Thank you. I am. I am. And for those with a little bit of lore, that might give you some clues about some of the things I'm, I'm playing on as well. And if you don't, all will be revealed in time. So, uh, once again, a big thank you to uh, Artelsorian Games for making this wonderful, wonderful uh, game for us to play and supporting the podcast in the past. Very much hope that they'll come back uh, at the end of the season um, to chat to us about this uh, amazing game that they've made Why? and reflect on the season. Uh, I- I'm sure they will. Fingers crossed. <laughs> we'll have to erase this if they don't. <laughs> <laughs> we can get turf and turf. Pondsmith and Pondsmith. We've gone to a war with Artelzori. Yes, <laughs> we will have to go and capture one of them and drag them onto the show. As Australians, we are the Southern Kingdom. We are the we Southern are Kingdom. Are Nilfgaard. Nilfgaard. And Nilfgaard. our empire will <laughs> stretch the across the world. <laughs> uh, does anyone have anything to add? Anything they want to sign off with? Well, it is nothing. It's not a sign off, but just to add uh, the... Um, one of the Nilfgaardians in the show in the first season is a bloke from Adelaide. He's an Adelaidean actor. Oh. Yeah, so technically we are invading. Well, I'm, <laughs> yes. glad, I'm glad that he got work. <laughs> That's Not a, all of us do. It's <laughs> a great little bit of trivia. Thank yeah. you. That's wonderful. <laughs> so uh, come back next week for or, or immediately after this if you're binging it all, as I know you probably are, yeah. for episode one of uh, the Witcher tabletop role-playing game, The Blood-Soaked Rose. I've been Phil. I've been Ellen. I have been Sean. I've been Chris. Bye. 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 You have been listening to The Blood-Soaked Rose, which is a roll-to-cast production. The best way to find us is on Twitter, Discord, and our Patreon. All our podcasts are on Acast, Spotify, YouTube, and all good podcatchers. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash roll to cast. The Witcher tabletop role-playing game is property of Artelsorian Games, used with permission.
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.